Hi everyone, I'm Riley Blanks, your hostess and the creator of Woke Beauty, a storytelling platform reimagining the everyday act of self-celebration for and by all women. This show brings you unfiltered conversations with a dynamic myriad of female visionaries who have developed personal success despite trauma and hardship by leaning into grit and discernment. We explore the messy, interwoven realities of mental health, holistic wellness, intricate family dynamics, racial complexity, and the exceptional discoveries that lead to fulfillment. This is our pledge to the power of resilience and the impact of perspective. If you haven't yet listened to part one of Kimberly Cowan's story through Skimdo, I highly recommend pausing and giving it a listen. If not, a quick recap. Kim is Russian, Jamaican, was born in London and raised in Thailand, and has a fascinating story regarding her biracial identity, the way she saw her curly hair, and how she has transformed that view through her cult indie hair care brand, Skimdo. This episode, part two, dives deeper into the many intricacies woven throughout her brand and how she herself has grown as a businesswoman and an icon. The first 20 minutes are a truly beautiful depiction of what Skimdo consists of, literally and figuratively, and then we dive into the nitty-gritty of... Ugh, cultivating a business. One of my good friends told me that Kim is spellbinding, and quite frankly, I can't think of a better word. Your hair looks incredible, and I need to know how you got it like that. Tell us what you did here. So, for those who are listening, since you can't see, since you, I'm so sorry that you can't see this beautiful human in, on my screen. <laughs> I would say sitting in front of me, but that's not really true. Um, her hair is uh, beautifully styled, but it, it doesn't look and like it doesn't look like she. It looks like she takes care of it, but it doesn't look like um, curated or canned in any way. Um, it's just like this really fun va va voom curly piece of art <laughs> um I, this is all off the top of my head anyway so i was asking her pre-recording about how she got it like this and then she was like we should record this yes we I, should kim yeah. what did you do to your hair how did you get it to look like that i what i do is after i shampoo and condition and there's specific things about the shampoo and conditioning phase that I do that I try to do and that is I try to detangle it completely in the shampoo phase so the shampoo has to be slippery it has to be like a have a conditioning factor to it um, so that you can detangle it I like to detangle with my fingers first to detangle in the shampoo phase is is kind of key for me because of what I want the conditioner to do and I want the conditioner to be uninterrupted 
in its you know protein packing moisturizing phase right and I think the best way to to really reap those benefits is if you're not dragging the hair at the same time so that's why I like to detangle in the shampoo phase and then just put the conditioner on and leave it to do its thing and then you know at the end towards when I'm about to rinse it out that's when I just slip through the tangled teaser brush um, just so it's ready for styling and then in the styling phase which is this is the bit I think you really want to know about <laughs> with the skim do uh, I I apply it in sections and then I tie up sections usually in twos and I have one clip and uh, I have a hair tie on one side and a clip on the side that I'm using and I twist I twist the strands of hair with my fingers really randomly. They're all different sizes. And I think it would take more effort to make them the same. So there's that element to why it looks um, effortless. And that's the point of it. That's pretty much the point of skimdo is, or a skimdo, why it looks so different to a lot of other styling techniques and sort of product applications is that the the overall effect of a skim do is that it looks so effortless it doesn't look like you tried really really hard which is often distracting to you know anyone anyone perceiving you or or around you if i i've always hated what i feel like when i look very done up you know, extremely polished. To me, polished is not a look. To me, polished is an attitude, um, mm. for sure. And and I'd rather have a polished makeup look, for instance, than extremely polished hair look. It's a, it's, for me, it's a very different energy thing. But yeah, so I finger twist it, and then I leave it to dry naturally up to about 70%. And then I take a hairdryer with a flat nozzle now the hairdryer I just got is Harry Josh and it's got an ionic function which seriously smooths down the cuticle. It's very anti-static, which is particularly fantastic in, in the summer. But, um, you know, combined with the skimdo, it's just and it's a marriage made in heaven. But what I like to do with the flat nozzle is I like to stretch my curls. So the wonderful thing about skimdo is it, it creates this memory this it has this memory about the formula that when you when you apply it to the hair and you apply it to the shaft and you mold it into place so that's what I'm doing with the finger twisting I'm molding it into place so that the cuticles are as flat as possible while curly but also I have really long hair so I really like the look of it I'm not um I have a very round face and so for me to have uh, the contour effect of the length that streamlines parts of my body linear it, it, it's really helpful for me to contour my whole look head to toe is to have some length showing of course I have shorter bits at the front which I which I love and I find fun in it and for me you know the the hairstyle I love flips between an, an 80s look which I just I'm showing Riley now you can't see it but you can see it in almost every single photo I have of myself or I really love a 60s and 70s look, which is a voluminous center parting. 
So I, I make a center parting and I take my fingers and I put them very close to the parting and I push the parting together through the hair and that creates lift and it gives you this wonderful very 60s 70s look that I am obsessed with and especially if you've got the longer bits coming forward as well it's very romantic and that's you know that's that's my center parting look that is also not you know, super neat and polished. It has it has this beautiful flair and romance to it, which is what I really love about curly hair. You know, the, the curly hair is um, is almost mythical. It's like a mythical entity because we live on a planet that's governed by, you know what, gravity. So. <laughs> With all this gravity, everything's getting pulled down and you can't stop it. You know, that's why we find things heavy. That's all of all of the things that we can do is are because of gravity. Now, to have hair that goes against gravity is kind of cosmic to me. I find it really cosmic. And the fact that it can do anything, it can go straight and it can stay like that. It can go extra gravity defying. You can pump volume into it so easily it can hold it is strong it's it's to me curly hair is a mythical entity and I'm endlessly fascinated by what it can do and particularly when I want to wear my hair in a style but I must say skimdu adds to this fantasy that I always want to create skimdu as a base is just the most wonderful place to work from if you're trying to create a look or you're trying to create a shape uh, or if you want to have a particular haircut and you want to see the layers or you want to see the bluntness or you want to see a curve or, or an end, skimdu as a prep really, I feel, allows you to form a complete creation or a complete look and, and for you to see, you know, immense detail in it. Uh, and, you know, I always say skimdu is a base on which you create your own style. And that's really what I see on on people is is the skimdu is definitely the base and whether they want to have it bleached or coloured or you know teeny weeny afro or or really long hanging curls you can achieve all of these looks with a solid base I because you started to get I don't know so romantic in your wording I feel bad (laughs) to ask this (laughs) Do you leave in your conditioner before you put in skimdu? No. So you just start from scratch. There's nothing. There's not even a leave-in. No, no, no. Definitely mm. not. No, because of the properties in the formula. So we already so have... can you describe more of the properties in the formula? Yeah. What, what's in there? What makes it so magical? It's a really beautiful combination of glycerin, copolymers, vitamin B5, protein oils uh, of um, sunflower seed oil and jojoba seed oil, and a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of alcohol, which is super important to the formula. And I'll tell you why. I wanted to create a formula that was non-adhesive and that wasn't greasy or crunchy or sticky it was really important to me I grew up in a city 
and I've lived in cities, really dirty cities, and traveled loads. And what I found often when I was using other products, which is obviously what I did most of my life, well, at this point, maybe not most of my life, um, showing my age there, but I used to use a lot of butters and oils and and serums and, 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 and quite literally layer them on top of each other every single day without washing just to keep it down, just to keep me from, keep myself from shining, if you know what I mean. I just, I wanted to quiet myself and put myself away. And I used butters and oils and serums and, and things to do that. And when I was creating Skimdo, one of the things that I loved about my little formula that I was making was that when I had completely finished styling, when I touched my hair, I didn't feel anything at all. And I started to compare why that was. I started to to really think about the health of my hair and why it felt better without the greasy feel and look and why all the natural products, which are all like butters and oils and things, were not giving me the kind of hair that I really wanted. And and, And the big difference was that in putting lots of oil, layering lots of oils and butters and things and, and creating a very sticky surface, of course, you are attracting so much pollution into your hair. And if you're not washing your hair every day, like you and I both don't, and in most people with curly hair, unless they haven't really figured out what's right for them, they're still wetting it and redoing it every day. Um, you, you, you end up having a lot of buildup. So you have a layer of oil and, and butter and then you have a layer of pollution and then you go home and you lay on your pillow and if you're like me, you don't wrap your hair because <laughs> I don't and Skimdo allows me not to. I don't wrap my hair, I'm just going to go straight on the pillow and I'm not washing that pillow for, you know, maybe five days um, and then you're putting more on then you're going back into the world to getting another layer of pollution. What I realised was that I was... I basically had a layer, a lasagna of pollution on my hair shaft and that every time I washed my hair, it would be really like dirty water in, in the shower. I could see it every time I washed my hair. I wouldn't have to even apply shampoo. Just as I first was wetting it down, you just see streaks of really, really dark, dark, dirty water. But then I realized that, you know, also I had was battling with all the time my hair was so dry, even though I had all these butters and, and and puddings and things on it. I was like, why is it so dry when I, you know, when I finish being in the shower and I come out, my hair just dries so fast that I can't even keep up with actually keeping it wet and, and putting some product in. I've got to drench it all over again. And so I realized that the reason my hair was so dry, even though I was putting all these you know, delicious natural products on it was because they were so adhesive. And I was like, yeah, there's another reason why when I'm using Skimdo and I wash my hair, A, it's not really dirty, and B, my hair has been protected from pollution by these copolymers, which are amazing. Mm -hmm. They seal the hair shaft and protect it from environmental damage. And it's really one of the most clever things in this formula which I absolutely love because I have really healthy hair and I blow dry it you know every every week basically 
And um, so there's that, the copolymers. Obviously, the glycerin is so moisturizing. It's really a phenomenal, phenomenal ingredient. Uh, it's wonderful for your body, of course, as well. But another really cool thing about glycerin is that it's very brightening. What I really love about the formula as well is that I don't use anything that isn't sustainable in the formula. It is a scientific preparation on purpose. I did not want to make a 100% natural product because I didn't want it to perform like one. I wanted it to perform in a very specific way, which, as I just described, is holding the hair, making sure it's not greasy or adhesive, but shiny, and protecting it from environmental damage. And so where the protein oils come in, in this, um, two of the completely 100% natural ingredients, they are brilliant because they go into the cortex. They don't stay on top like coconut oil, for instance, which stays on top. And if it stays on too long, it can actually break your hair. So the great things about uh, the sunflower seed oil and the jojoba seed oil is that they are protein oils that go in and actually do something they strengthen. And the wonderful thing about them being combined with the copolymers and the um, the glycerin is that you, you, you're basically putting on a really nice pack when you use the styling product. So you've got layers of things that work together to protect, fill, and nourish all at the same time. The wonderful thing about the concentration of skimdu, which is also one of, I think, its unique selling points, is that you get so much power out of a small amount of it. And, you know, like any concentrate, that's the point of it. And, and that is really one of the things I wanted with skimdu was that I wanted it to be something you didn't need to use a lot of growing up. Handfuls of product handfuls you'd see a bottle of something and you would immediately clock that's not enough <laughs> or that's enough for two times or maybe I could take that on holiday but actually I think I might need three just to be on the safe side you just that's just how we grew up that's how we learn about what our hair needs needs loads I wanted to figure out I wanted to discover that that was a myth and I did and it helped in the creation of skimdu you know, as a styling cream, you don't need a lot at all. And it's still extremely powerful in small doses. So with running a business, mm -hmm. what do you feel are key ingredients to being, you know, the key ingredients to Skimdo? What are the key ingredients to being in charge of Skimdo? Let me just tell you something straight away. <laughs> When I created Skimdo, okay, I did not think I was becoming a businesswoman. This did not come did you from... Think you were? I just was trying to make something I needed, for sure, for the rest of my life. And I wanted to... I was coming from a place of, I want to change my life by changing my hair and then changing my hair to make it something I desire every single day and letting that wash into the rest of me and then operating from there right and then operating from there and doing whatever I want to do then so I didn't come into creating Skimdo from an entrepreneurial angle now it's really funny because 
something I really, you know, bump into a lot in America is and is is this thing where people want to become an entrepreneur and then they're like what should I do and I never came from that place I remember someone once saying to me oh what are you doing da, 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 da. and I explain and I have this brand I guess called Skimdo and, and this is what it does and they were like oh you're an entrepreneur and I was like um I I guess I am I guess I guess I am. And they're like, yeah, this is a very entrepreneurial venture and da, 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 da. And out came, you know, the language of business. And I, and I realized then that I was about to step into another imposter syndrome <laughs> of, oh, now I am an entrepreneur and I have a business and I've got to run it, I guess. And that only really started to become apparent when the when the product became popular, you know, when it it really started to 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 gather up some speed. And then I was like, right, I need to get my ducks in a row. And to be honest with you, it's not something that comes naturally to me to delegate, which is a very key ingredient of being a businesswoman and running a business I like to try and do everything which is awful don't do that and I'm very suspicious of people um, I'm definitely a neurotic Jew and I and I and I guess you know the other thing is that I'm you know dyslexic with numbers so they are these are all things that I've battled with for sure and a big part of the reboot of Skimdo which is happening at the moment I've realized by testing the markets of England and Australia and America that I have a potential monster business on my hands and that requires a really smart business acumen. And that is what I'm putting together now. I'm putting together someone on finance, someone on marketing, communications, um, and so on. Fulfillment House, never did that before. We tried it out a couple of times, but it didn't work very well. But having someone else handle shipping, for instance, that's a huge delegation. and I highly recommend it. I, I've been doing everything myself pretty much this whole time. And it's uh, not time well spent for a CEO uh, or a creative person. And you need someone else to do that. So I think, number one, learn how to delegate and trust it. Number two, you're going to have so many problems every single day. And I am a natural problem solver but you need more than one. And I think building a team of people who you want to problem solve with is really important. Who do you want to go to work with and figure out really hard things with? Pick those people. Who's going to make it more fun? Who's going to make it more interesting? Who's going to actually be a super intelligent addition to 
this problem solving that's just going to, you know, make going to work a pleasure, really. Obviously, not every day is going to be great. And, and to be quite honest with you, most days aren't that great because of all the things that you have to deal with. And, and, and customer service is is super important. It's definitely something that I haven't focused on with Skimdo. Um that's you know part of the reboot as well and especially in america it's a very it's a very customer service and unboxing based cust you know customer base customers want a wonderful experience when they open something and then they want to have access with any questions or irritations or anything like that they want to have immediate access now you and i are both people who buy things right and so you'd think that I would know that that I would know that that was as as important uh, to my customers as it would be to me but for some reason I felt that it was enough for me to to check out any communication here and there but you know with people having so much access to you via Instagram and, and and email and everything else you really have to be on top of it and have have a plan for that. So that's that's definitely something really important. Communications, the experience of of someone opening up your product and being able to, to delegate and have people that you really want to problem solve with. These these are really important things in business that I'm learning along the way. And I finally am really excited about being a businesswoman. I was going to ask you how you deal with demands. And I don't mean demands like like your to-do list. I mean like something wasn't right and so someone wants it done right or better. Or um, you're, you're sold out right now. So people are like, where's my, when can I get it? When can I get it? it? Or you have a hundred emails yeah, and it's just so much and you can't respond to all of them now or maybe even a day, right? Demands, demands, demands. The list never ends. I'm asking this partially for myself. And then how what? do you deal? How do you deal with it? Yeah, like how do you not just? How does your head not spin off? Well, it does. Every time <laughs> I look at my phone emails, I feel, uh, I feel guilty and I feel overwhelmed and I feel excited. It's in thirds so weird right? yeah it's in it's in thirds that's how it goes you feel <gasps> pleased that people are still wanting it talking about it uh bothering to get online and write something in and then you feel guilty that you don't have any good news and then you feel worried and panicky that you know you may lose them as a customer or as a fan you know this woman wrote to me I I recently did this skim do emergency project where I went into my personal stash that I've been saving for who knows what an emergency but mainly for the new lab to excuse me have product so that we could really make sure that the formula was exactly how it's supposed to be sorry Um, and I decided to part with half of it and create the skimdo emergency project which was basically in response to this demand you're talking about you know and you should read some of these emails they are really intense 
some of them and and some people really upset I got this I got this message from someone that was really mean and it was when I was doing the skim do emergency project and when the reason I did it was like I was just saying the the whole you know um well how did you pose it again well how do you deal with demands, demands. okay so because of the demands right I it felt to me that at some point I wanted to create and it wasn't for for this necessarily it was just a project that I designed last year that I should put skimdu in these cute little glass jars and present them in a in a box with a glass front that said break glass in emergency but then I decided that I was going to part with half of my personal stash and create that project during the quarantine during lockdown and so that's what I did do and I gave 20% of all of it to of all of the money to Navajo Nation who who are dealing with the crisis with the COVID crisis and getting no help from the government and so it was just a small offering but it was just something that was really important to me to be able to do with this emergency product you can't have an emergency project during an emergency without actually making sure you're doing some real good of course you're doing good for your customer base but you know there was just a whole other element to it for me that was really important to do and because I wanted to do that I didn't want to put the sales through my website which would mean several layers of fees being taken off so I, I wanted to just do it where people could do PayPal or Venmo so that I get the whole amount. And that means that as much as possible could go to Navajo Nation. And so this, the way that I organized for people to do, it, to do it was to send me their address after they made the payment. And then, of course, you're going to get your product. If you haven't sent me your address, I can't send it to you. And so this woman wrote to me saying, Hello, following up on this, I paid via PayPal but have not provided my shipping address. Could you please return my payment if you're not going to be sending me any product? I'm disappointed at how disorganized this process is and I'm questioning my support for your brand. Usually I wouldn't um, entertain something like that, but the fact that she had paid uh, meant that I did have to deal with it. And so I decided to refund her straight away because I didn't want her to have this more than someone who actually was needing it. And I think that, you know, the customer is always right thing, right? We're still, that's still looming in, in business. And I think when you have an indie brand and you're prominent in in featuring yourself as a founder that you can and you're communicating with people from from your own account and and through your business account I feel that it's up to you and you can control that I feel that that's important especially as black women I feel like it's really important to stand your ground and because that can be a factor in people seeing that you are a black woman in how they're going to treat you and you don't know it for sure you know every single time but it's such a high 
uh, a high factor as well that I think you've got to make sure that you hold such respect for yourself and you show people how to treat you and and one of the one of the things that you mustn't do is let them treat you badly you know no matter what's going on I don't think it's necessary and I think you should call people out for it as customers I think it's okay um so that's that's it you know I, I deal with it in um probably too much of an emotional way which is why I'm going to hire someone to help me with it <laughs> um because I understand that most things don't need all your emotional time and I definitely read every every single one and 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 everyone is important to me every single person who messages or emails is so important to my business and it's and it's also really it helps me learn about my customer base yeah, it makes me think of boundaries with clients, you know, which, yeah. um, and for you, you know, it's, it's more so customers, whereas for me, it's oftentimes while I'm interacting with them directly and personally and some of them on a regular basis. And so they're very much clients, oftentimes recurring clients. And so I have clients too. I'm definitely with in the wholesale side of it. Is, right. Yes, of course. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I have, I have actually yeah, I, had to fire it. <laughs> yeah, I haven't, I haven't come to that yet, but in part because um, that's tricky for me, you know. So, but I, I'm in that phase where I'm like, okay, I need to create some structured protocol, and I need to adjust my contracts, which are really just paper. I think more than anything, it's how you show up energetically and how you speak to people um there's certain there's certain language that people can really attach themselves to and easily interpret in a way that you don't mean um and so i think it's so important to be direct and straightforward and sometimes those characteristics aren't always received as warm or kind but at the end of the day, in the long run, they are because they're protecting you and your relationship from running off the road. And they save time. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it makes me think though. You're you talking about sort of having to process her message and decipher how you were going to respond and and kind of break it down. Like the fact that she didn't provide her address was problematic. Um, the fact that she didn't read, you know, the print, it wasn't even fine print. It was, it was here, here's what we are doing very clearly was problematic. Um, I thought about that as, as an owner and someone who runs my business. And I thought about that as someone who recently complained and first thinking about myself. Um, I think what you said was true when you're, when there's so much visibility of the person in charge, I think people almost feel like they have direct access to you. And so like you're there for them any second of the day, you know, it's personal. It's not, this isn't Nike, you know, it's not like you gotta, you gotta go through a bunch of people. There's one person. And I think that can be very tricky. And though they might feel that way, we have to remind them, no, actually like I have a life and I have an entire enterprise to run. And unfortunately, you are not at the center of it, you know. Um, yeah. Yet you are very important and your, you know, your issues matter m- very much. Um, 
And so do all of my other issues, <laughs> you exactly. know? And then on the other side of that, it made me think of, I'm sorry, I know this is a lot no, to respond no. to. It made me think of some earrings that I ordered about two months ago. And it said, you know, that they'll take some time. I think it said maybe three weeks or something. And I was like, okay, great. I had like a virtual event I wanted to wear them for. They were very on brand. Um, they're really beautiful earrings. I love them. And, um, and so I was, you know, waiting and waiting and waiting. And three and a half weeks later, I got a message from her. And it was very casual. Like, hey, I've been working on these leather jackets and you got commissioned for this and it was really important. And so I haven't gotten to the jewelry and thank you for your patience and I'll update you. Another few weeks go by, nothing. And they were very, they were expensive. They were, they were relatively expensive. And so I'm just like, okay, you have my money. And not only do I not have your jewelry, I have no, I have one message that tells me that you prioritized a commissioned project before my purchase. That was a, a, a big purchase. Um, so I didn't ease into it. I didn't say, hi, I'm checking in. It had been six weeks, to almost eight weeks. And I'd heard one message, right? So I went in blazing, you know? I mean, it was professional, but it was like, hi, I heard from you three weeks ago and I ordered earrings seven weeks ago. And this is really uncalled for. And I'm not even necessarily upset that the earrings are delayed because we are in a pandemic. I'm upset that you haven't even communicated with mm. me. I have no update from yeah. you. And I think that, and I'm learning that more on myself because I, I've been struggling more than ever with keeping up with email and text and DMs and all of it. But I think that's so important. For that reason, I know I need to delegate more, like you said. Um, yeah. But it's hard when you are so independent and you were bred to be capable, you know? Um, and so, so that, that question was in part personal. I was curious how you navigated that. I've, I feel like a lot of the time there's a specific kind of introvert that lends that Instagram lends itself very well to and that's people like um oh, I can't really say I mean like Sammy my friend Sammy she she's a pole artist Sammy Picone on Instagram mm -hmm. and she was in my latest video for Skimdo and Sammy is an introvert kind of like me I'm I'm a bit more of a try hard extrovert introvert like I try very hard to be polite and 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 um and open in in you know groups of people and, and events and things but I'm personally inside so uncomfortable and Sammy probably just won't go <laughs> you know at least I'll go because you know I want I want to give myself an opportunity to 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 change <laughs> um and Instagram lends itself very well to to someone like Sammy because she's an incredible performer and she gets to to perform in her own in her own space but gets to broadcast it and then communicate with people without being in a crowd and without being ambushed or feeling overwhelmed you know Instagram is such a wonderful tool to communicate with customer base you know fan base you know whatever medium it is that you're working with and for me, I, I find Instagram 
really works for me when I have product or when I have a project going on. But I find it very hard to do when I don't, like in this particular uh, phase where, where I'm building, I'm, I'm very much in my, in my shell out here in the middle of driftwood in Texas. <laughs> and I'm just working away, you know, busy bee. But on the other side of it, I've got people like, what's happening? What are you doing? You know, when's it coming out? Da, 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 da. And, and for me, that's really hard to manage because I'm, I'm going to be saying the same thing every day until it's not that. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and, it, and it terrifies me because I, I want to give people the news that I'm getting every day, but you can't tell people everything. And you mustn't. I'll leave that there. <laughs> well, what I would say, and this is me a bit putting on what I do, which, you know, I consult a lot of people about their online presence. And a lot of what I consult about is how to really nurture your relationship with your online presence. And I believe that it's like any relationship and that it's and it's a sandy one. And <laughs> you must draw the lines in the sand if you're going to feel safe and comfortable and like you can flourish. And so for that reason, maybe your lines are, well, I'll oscillate. I'll be on when I feel like it and I'll be off when I feel like That's it. That's how it feels to me. Um, if that's how it feels to you. But if if it's, I wish I could be on or I wish I could be present more often, then you have to craft like the journey map for that. And so then you decide, what are the things I'm going to share? What are the things I'm not going to share? You know, what are those concepts and topics? And if it's the phase of working, are there elements of working that meaning being the busy bee out in Driftwood that you would be comfortable sharing, you know? Is it just like, here's me with my morning coffee post-Reiki having a blast while I ruminate on next year and the vision for that? You know, is it just as as simple as here's a moment? Or is it actually, I am completely introspective right now. You don't need to know any of this. Good night, <laughs> you know? But I think no matter your choice, like you get to define it. And that's the beauty of it. Yeah, know? but I, I would say that, you know, I definitely would need your help in this. What did you call it? Journey mapping. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely need, to, need things like that. You know, I'm, you know, we talked before about if I feel English or American or whatever. And I think one of the very English things about me is that I don't, think of things like that it's not very English to 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 think of like a journey map and, and things like that and, you know we're, we're very straightforward and um quite blunt and could do with being a lot more fluid and mm-hmm. and and that what you just said just made me go oh I need to do that I need to do a journey map this sounds great I need that and it's true I do you know because I run everything and because I I'm in charge. I am in charge of so many things, so many elements of, what, of what's going on right now, like finding a lab and all this stuff and the packaging. And it's a, it's a, it's a, big, it's a big pivot right now. Um, I, it totally 
takes me into those zones and and of course what I could do with and you know hearing what you're just saying is I could do with like a journey map to refer to to keep me blogging basically I used to blog when I was younger I used to have a beauty blog and I loved doing it um obviously I didn't I wasn't running a business at the same time um but it is definitely something I want to be doing I want to be regular with the Instagram communication, I want to have the the map, the the plan. I've I've toyed with with these things before, just in terms of I think eventful days throughout the year, but that's as far as I ever took it. But I think it's really important what you're saying and what we're discussing, because you know, when you see people who get a lot of traction with their follower base you know like Sophia Rowe for instance you know she's it's you 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 really know what you're getting with Sophia and she posts nearly every single day something that people want to talk about and discuss whether it's her cooking or her life stories you feel like you're tuning in to the Sophia Rowe show and it's on nearly every day and you look forward to putting it on you know that is I think one of the key elements to being successful on Instagram and being by being successful I mean that as getting traction and getting people tuning in and understanding what to expect and how to communicate with you and what you and what your boundaries are Sophia is really clear about that and I really respect where she comes from on her platform for sure and I you know I tune in whenever I can but um you know it's I really admire that and you're very good at it as well you know I've always I always know I'm I'm about to read some something beautiful that you've written and see a really really gorgeous picture that is very romantic often and that's what I love. You know, I love to live in, in my romance and anyone else's romance. I know you do. Same. So, you know. <laughs> no, I think that was really well said about Sophia. And I think, I think for her, like, that is, I mean, I don't know her personally, but I think for her, that is what's working within her comfort zone. I'm sure sometimes she pushes a bit, but you know, she, Instagram is a big part of what she does. You know what I mean? And so I think you also have to consider what is the purpose of Instagram? Why are you there? For me personally, I'm, I'm less there to be there, right? I'm, I'm there to share. I'm there to dive deep. And I'm hopeful that it incentivizes you to look elsewhere because I've built a really major website online. I have now a podcast I want to meet you in real life. You know, like the Instagram is really um, a symbol, a reflection. It's not everything. You know what I mean? And so I think you have to define like how you want to actively show up there. Is it something that will consume a lot of your time? Do you want to share daily? I don't. (laughs) You know what I mean? I oftentimes want to share based on my mood. And that's what feels good to me. Even if that's going to mess up the algorithm, I don't care. (laughs) 
you know, but if I cared, then I should probably work on that. You know what I mean? And so I think like oftentimes we feel like we have to follow this model and there are these, all these Instagram courses and, and, you know, brands, social media, like branding agencies. And that's, that's fine. But what if you don't want to be an influencer? What if you don't want to be a blogger? What if you have a business that you love and that's what you love and you want Instagram to aid you with visibility? That's a different map, completely different, you yeah. know? So this, I don't know, this conversation really gets me going because I think I think we have a major, major pain point as a society globally around social media. People are so anxious. Yeah. They are so caught up in their yeah. feelings and they forget that they have the control. Instagram will... It will try to trick you into thinking that it runs your life, but you made the choice to unlock your phone and tap on that totally. app. You did that yourself. Yeah. You physically did that, you know? It's so not to go no, off. No, but, but it's true. I mean, the way that I used to talk about Instagram, I used to say that Instagram to me is like the modern red light district. You know, every, everyone <laughs> yeah. was in their little square going, look at me, look at so me. True. I love you Amsterdam want, exactly. so much. Exactly. I spent 10 seconds in that space. Yeah, but, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Like, I know like, exactly yeah. what you're talking about. It's such a good and analogy. And that's how I, how I often see Instagram is like a modern yeah. red light district. And I think that I didn't feel like for a really, really, really long time being in a square selling myself basically and you know that's that's for several issues a I'm not that's just not what I felt confident doing and you know really personal stuff not feeling potentially maybe good enough or that I was um needed on there even and it's only really recently that I've spoken for the first time on Instagram um to my customer base because I didn't know how I'd be received and I felt like I was very cozy just being a picture of someone behind a brand but go and buy it and just look at other things and other people using it you don't need to hear from me you can hear from so many other people who are better than I am that's how I've always felt and because recently when I did actually talk on Instagram to tell people a few things that were going on with Skimdu and that it was really well received that I was really well received which is not what I expected I feel now that I should do more of that but purposefully not just to like you said um, get an algorithm going or or, or to stick to something or to, to grow something but because it's genuinely valuable or because I do really want to share it and communicate with people but it's definitely something that I had the vision for doing out here in Driftwood is to make more content that I really enjoy putting out there and getting feedback from in a very useful way and you know I had so many things written down of what I wanted to shoot and 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 talk about that I just can't do yet for a couple of reasons. I've been in quarantine for the last two weeks. I'm waiting on some equipment to help me take photographs, uh, just some accessories. And I, I am recovering from a terrifically bad 
uh, mauling of chiggers. Oh no! You, you can't, probably can't tell, but my whole lip is swollen, and my face is swollen, my chin is swollen, it's swollen around here. Oh, I couldn't tell. My, my, oh, hand, no. my hands are swollen. Oh, I can tell yeah, on your hands. My, oh, my, my hips are swollen. I've had welts all over my body for the last few days. <gasps> um, it's been really bad, and so. I'm so sorry. Kim. That's awful. How did that happen? I, I think I picked them up on socks and brought them into into my little home. So um, you can't. See How do you get rid of that? Well, they die after they're they're larvae, so they die after a few days. Um, but you, I had my sheets washed and everything, and I cleaned the home, vacuumed, and vacuum the shit out of it and clean the shit out of it basically that's 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 all you can do and then just wash your body like and take antihistamines and put ointments all over you I've tried everything I last night I was lying down with slices of cucumber all over my body to take down the swelling and, and the pain um but it's been really hard and so I haven't really been able to to get on with these projects yet and I've been yeah, understandable. Yeah. Well, you just arrived in Driftwood. Okay, I just was going to really tell. I was going to tell yeah. you. Firstly, I'm so sorry about the trigger incident. <laughs> Sounds absolutely awful. Um, second of all, a challenge. I don't think, though, you sell a product that when you share, you are selling. I think you could think of it like you're serving your audience. Might, that might feel better. Just little language mm-hmm. twist. Third of all, um, I love that you're in driftwood and that you've carved out this space for yourself. And I feel like I was going to ask you earlier, how do you manage yourself? But I feel like you've, you've answered just in saying that you're in driftwood in this beautiful, lovely, peaceful, mostly (laughs) place. Um, and I think that's really neat. And to just sort of like tie a bow on this conversation, I would love to know, um, how you heal in that space too because I remember you saying that skimdu was um your inner child work and a product (laughs) and so I'm curious um like what does that look for you right look like for you right now in this phase of your life in driftwood as you embark on creating content pivoting these kind of you know giant a bit scary steps that you're taking in the midst of a pandemic. Yeah. How, how is the, how is the inner child work sort of progressing to the adult work? Before I moved out to Driftwood, I contacted this, this man who works with Fortune 500 companies because I wanted him to analyze my business to see what it, what potential it has because I'm really trying to, despite what's going on in the world, create a future for myself or a future vision. And that's kind of for the first time for me. I've never really sat down and created a vision for my life. And I wanted wanted to, and I want to change that. I, I really am looking to how I want to design my life. And a lot of this stuff with the pandemic has 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 sped that up, and also you know the Kundalini practice that I do as well is a very 
integral part of forming this vision. And so I wanted to see what part Skimdu really had to play in the potential the potential things I could do in my future or, or aim for. And so I got this guy to assess my business to see if it was a business or if it was a hobby. <laughs> because, you know, a lot of people say to me, how come it has never really taken off or like gone huge or anything like that? And that's that's because of me. That's because I never wanted to make too much product that it was hanging around, that it was being wasted. I never wanted to just blanket send it to tons of influencers and pay them and 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 do that thing and there there are lots of things that I didn't do and I wanted to grow it organically and by organically I mean uh let it let it unfurl the way it's supposed to uh rather than forcing anything it's a baby yeah. it's the it's the inner child yeah, exactly. you know that's, that's, <laughs> she needs time time she needs care and also definitely part of me having um you know issues with success as well and that's you know a very personal thing just you know self-belief and things like that that you that you have sort of you know that you question because of various experiences in your life you wonder if 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 these things are going to to happen to you and you often resist opportunities because you're not sure how you're going to handle them and I remember when Sephora contacted me years and years ago and wanting to try Skimdu and and get it into the stores because they had seen that textured hair was going to be a thing and you know it was already a thing (laughs) you just weren't buying it buying for it and so you know all these companies just follow trend reports right so this textured hair thing was was about to happen and they contacted me because of things that they'd seen online and I was pretty much doing backflips now after I left architecture and started skimdo I taught myself how to DJ so that I could earn money while I was trying to get this thing off the ground and that'll that's a really good indication of how I felt about business as well because if I really thought of Skimdu and as as an entrepreneurial venture I probably would have gone and found someone else's money not my own and I probably wouldn't have tried to get another job I probably would have tried to just raise loads of money and just focus on it but again because I didn't have this I'm a businesswoman and I'm gonna be an entrepreneur um thinking way of thinking I was like well I'm gonna need to you know get some money and so I taught myself how to DJ and while I was DJing one night I got this email from Sephora telling telling me asking me if um I could hop on a conference call with them and so I ended up doing that and we had a great call and I asked my my friend Nick to be on the call with me because he's in business so he could decipher anything and with this fantastic call and I was so excited afterwards we were like great everything looks good they said cool we're going to send you an NDA if you could just sign it and then um you know get back to us and and then you can send us samples and everything and and so I sent the NDA to my lawyer and he responded with don't sign it you can't afford to be in Sephora 
And my heart broke because I couldn't understand. What do you mean I can't afford to be in there? And he's like, you literally can't afford to be in there. You're not, you're not in business like that. You don't have a stack of cash flow ready to, to use. You don't have the amount of products that they would need for the stores. And all of these are upfront costs and and so many other things uh, in in the contract that he was like you just can't afford to be in sephora and and that made me feel very pigeonholed in in indie in in you know in in the indie brand thing and then i i sort of came then i instead of thinking well i want to be big enough to be in there and get all this money together i i i didn't that wasn't my how i felt i felt I felt a little turned off by the corporate side of it, to be honest with you. I felt a little bit turned off. But um, anyway, so <laughs> I just carried on growing organically the way that I wanted to, 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 to grow. Um, and eventually I... Well, I was getting a lot of business from the States. So a lot of people in America were buying it from England and I was sending it over and it was costing them a fortune to get it. And 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 that was, you know, definitely part of the reason I moved to the States was to make sure that it was cheaper for the customers and easier to find and get. And also I wanted to test the market myself. Um, I wasn't looking at reports and things like that. You know, everything for me was just super visceral. I just wanted to be part of it and seeing it, smelling it, feeling it. And every single time I do my hair, I fall back in love with what I've done. So that at least once a week, I get this total reassurance of what I'm doing. But in designing and moving here and Skimdu taking off really well, and this pandemic happening, and taking a, a, like a step back and, and to sit back and actually be like, you know what, I really want to design this life that I want. And I want a really peaceful, beautiful, energized life with travel, great food, good people, safe home. You know, these are the things I was like, these are so important to me. And... So I got this guy to assess my business to see if I could have this future through this business that I've been doing. And thank God, he said, yes, you can. You have a business. You just need to get your ducks in a row. You need to delegate. You need to build a team. You need to get some money, some more money together. And you have a business. You can, you can achieve these things. So I was so happy to to find that out and it really put me in good stead for being like right Kim you are a businesswoman and you can bloody do this and not just that what you're doing is needed and it's fantastic and it's changed your life it's changed other people's lives you've got more in you as well you can make more products that are needed you can have fun with this you've got plenty of content to make you know you've got plenty of things to say and plenty of people to meet and 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 collaborate with and 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 all of a sudden you know after I had that meeting with him and 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 was really 
designing my life, I was like, I want it, I want this so much. You know, it was like a real refresher of what I was doing. I stepped off the train for a second, which is what this pandemic has allowed a lot of people to do, is to step off and be like, whoa, okay, what am I doing? Where is this going? I do want to be on that train. I want to be on the Skimdu train, for sure. And I want everyone to come on board with me and, and have this adventure. And, 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 and it's quite funny because... You know, one of the main things that I created Skimdo for was that I could forget about my hair and focus on other things. And I think that played a lot into Instagram because I really was forgetting about my hair. And if I'm kind of forgetting about my hair, I'm forgetting about, you know, making content. And so I've had to have a little word with myself about that, to be honest. Um, yes, I created Skimdo so that we can put the hair issues to the side and focus on much more important things but not not with this not with Instagram Instagram is definitely a place that I need to be talking about it and showing it off and collaborating with people and there's always so much to say and reiterate you know not everyone will read all of the posts that you create and so you do have to keep repeating yourself in new and interesting ways so that you can keep capturing your audience. And like, these are things that I'm learning. I'm thinking, I already said that ages ago. Yeah, well, that person probably didn't look at your ages ago. They're just, they're having a quick look now. Can they see it? You know? So, you know, there's definitely uh, a very new way that I'm seeing things, thanks to having my business assessed, thanks to the pandemic, you know, thanks to me, me taking charge and saying, you know what, I'm going to move to, to Texas. I'm going to be near some great friends, you included, Riley, and a great support network that is super mutual and a beautiful vista and a place that I can feel inspired to create because ultimately online is the future. People are communicating and being with each other online and finding comfort and support and everything else that we've we've been on our phone so much for during this pandemic is to feel nurtured to feel supported to feel activated you know with activism we're all on the phone we're all online everything and so it's really important to make sure that going forward the presence and the information and the spirit of skimdu is online in the best way possible you know so yes you're not forgetting your hair you're illuminating yes. it skimdo helped my mental health that's a big deal and it helps other people's this isn't a claim this is just feedback and personal experience i know the difference between when i have skimdo in my hair and when i don't and I know what that feels like. And and it's not an unhealthy thing. I know what my hair can be like. And I and I also know that when I don't have skin doing, if I'm just like not bothering with anything at all, that I have really healthy hair. You know, and I know that it can do anything. And 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 that's why this product is is my own personal superhero that I created. Some people can 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 draw and animate their superheroes. I made mine into something viscous that I can share. <laughs> um, 
so yeah it needs it needs um it needs a superhero symbol it does thank you so much for joining us you can connect with us on instagram at woke beauty or me at riley blanks and learn more at wokebeauty.com if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe and leave a review on apple podcasts it helps a lot until next time have a beautiful day even if it's not that beautiful Oh